Father in heaven, we're, we're so thankful for the, the love and the compassion you have for us, Father. Be with us that our hearts are stilled, that our minds are focused on you. Help us to put aside the temporal things and look on those things that are eternal, Father. You've richly blessed us. You've blessed us materially, Father, but you've blessed us so much with your son, so much with the promise and the hope that we have through him. We're thankful for the things that we have, but thankful that we can gather together here to worship you freely, Father. Help us that we can take this and, and translate it into action, Father, to, to further serve you, to show the true light to the world, Father, to bring the light into the darkness, and to grow your kingdom, Father. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Come now, fount of every blessing, to my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Christians, we try to follow the example of the early church. And one of these things we do is take them to the Lord's Supper. As we do so, let's all do with a reverent attitude that reminds us to go back to the cross and remember what happened on that great day. Let's give thanks for the bread. Thank you, dear Lord, that we can meet here on this beautiful Lord's Day morning. As we take of this bread, we pray we'll do so in harmony with your will. Christ's name we pray. Amen.
continue our thanks. Thank you, dear Lord, for this fruit of the vine, which to the Christians is emblem of Christ's precious shed blood as he hung on an old cool cross. May we do so in harmony with your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're willing and able, let's stand and sing before the lesson. Good morning. It's good to see everybody. Two weeks ago, we started a, a series of lessons on 1 John. And today, we're going to sort of uh, 
look at it because he makes an important part, uh, an important, he makes an important statement in the first four verses. That which we've heard from the beginning, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked at with our hands and have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared and we've seen it and testified to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to you that our joy may be complete. Would you bow with me, please? Father, we come before you asking you to help us to see what we should be and to see what you want us to be. Lord, sometimes we, we miss the goodness of our faith. I ask you to help me get out of the way so that we can see you. In Jesus' name, amen. In the original language, the Greek language, this is one sentence. All four verses, one sentence. So you can go home and tell people, they can say, how long was he today? You can say, talk about one sentence. And that helps me. But it's concerning the Gnostics. And two Wednesday nights ago, we went over the Gnostics here. And the Gnostics sort of felt like you have one of two domains. You could go to the flesh or you could go to the spirit. Now, the spirit was just pure knowledge. And that if you were going to be saved, it's because you had that right knowledge. So Jesus didn't come to die. He just came to bring knowledge. If you didn't hear the, that particular lesson, uh, we have some handouts on the two round tables in the back. It is also, according to my computer expert, it is also on Facebook and YouTube, so you can catch up with what we're talking about. These people who had this special knowledge aren't new to me. I remember in grade school, there was this one group of kids who thought that they were the in crowd. And the way you knew you were in the in crowd is you could speak pig Latin. So if you could speak pig Latin, that gave you a knowledge that was greater than everybody else. It didn't take too much time until a lot of us figured out what the pig Latin was. But that made us automatically part of a different group. That's the way it was in John's day. The Gnostics decided that Jesus was more of a spirit that was just coming out to teach us knowledge. And John takes him on by saying, that which we've heard from the beginning, which we heard, 
which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard, so that you may know we have so you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and His Son Jesus Christ. We write this to you to make our joy complete. What he's doing is all these we's that we have in that sentence, they refer to the apostles. They had the privilege of touching him. They had the privilege of making sure that he was fully human. They are the ones who came and knew that. But he sits there and says, and we've come to you so that you can have all the benefits that we have by knowing that Jesus was the Son of God who came in the flesh. Now, this isn't anything new. This is one of those things that has been all the way through the Bible, that joy isn't because what's happening on the outside. It's because of your faith that's on the inside. For instance, when Jesus talks in John 15, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Or Paul's writings, do not allow what you consider good to be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, that's on the outside, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Or the next chapter, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a bunch of these by Paul. I just took the next 2 Corinthians, the next emphasis, and wrote down the scriptures for you. But that doesn't mean he hasn't written about it all other places, like in Galatians, where he talks about the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and, and self-control against such things. There's no law. Or you can go over to Peter. You've not seen Christ, but you still love him. You've not... You cannot see him now, but you still believe in him. You are filled with a joy that cannot be explained. A joy full of glory. John wants us to understand the same thing. When he switches to, this is our joy, he's talking about Christians who have come to know so what is John actually saying? Well, there are two types of joy in this, this world. One is on the outside, people patting you on the back. Uh, sometimes 
we like to buy something. If men buy cars, new cars, they've got to be new cars, they'll pull it up to a place like in our parking lot and raise the hood. And men like me will go by and say, yeah, that's really an engine there. That's, that's, uh, that's about what I know about engines. It's there. But so, or they'll make you look at the car, and the car is something great, but wait three to six months. And that beautiful car that was so exciting, this old thing, the thrill's gone. Sometimes it's not big like a car. Sometimes it's a dress. You go out and you buy the dress you wanted. Sometimes it's a suit or a special outfit you really wanted. Sometimes it, it, it's just, I've got to go shopping. Why? To get out of the house and feel something. So you want to go out and you want to buy. That's joy outside. In Pittsburgh, I had a, a lady who came in. She says, my husband says I spend too much money. I said, well, why would he say that? She says, I don't know. I've never ran a credit card full. I said, how many credit cards do you have? She said, 50. She had 50 credit cards. Now, none of them were maxed out, but they all were close. And then came the day that I cut 49 of them up, and she cried. All of a sudden, she couldn't go for what was on the outside because she didn't have a credit card to go buy what she couldn't afford. The second type is what I call subterranean joy. When we went to Pittsburgh and stayed there, we bought the only house we've ever known. And I should have taken an expert with me, but I sort of figured I knew what I was doing. And I felt pretty good about it whenever it started up. You see, our house always had green grass. I could look across the street at brown grass, but our house had green grass. And they would come over and say, what are you doing? I'd say, ah, it's this old hat, but you don't let out your secrets. I didn't know why it was green, but I wasn't going to tell them that. I gave it to Michelle and promised to pay her $25 a week for mowing my grass. I never knew she'd go to her grandparents and get a riding mower, but she did, and I was out 25 bucks. Everything was great until the first real three-day hard rain, and our basement filled up with water. You had to open the doors and then creak the bottom of the the garage, so all the water would run out. And I wanted to find out why we were the ones who had water running out of our house, and I didn't think anybody else did. And then our neighbor says, you got a well? I said, yeah, we got a well. He said, you know why you have a well? I said, no, I don't know why I have a well. It was there whenever it came. He said, there's a river that flows under your house. And the reason you have a well was they used to drink out of it back in the old times. So when the rain comes down like it just did this past week, the river comes up, the rain comes down, and they meet in your basement. And all of a sudden, that which was 
supposedly a good thing that made you happy wasn't too, but subterranean joy. Subterranean joy is really different. Those who have gone to the, the Holy Lands say when you go out and you look, a lot of the trees are dead, except those that have an obvious source of water. That's what he's talking about in Psalm chapter 1 when he talks about there are those who sit in the wrong place in the way of sinners and mockers. and Then there's that guy who's planted by the stream. And he sends his roots out into the, the stream and he bears fruit that's good. And the leaves never wilt. And everything coming together is great in his life because he's got that water source. Now, there are two things that we have to know, according to John. If you want to have this kind of subterranean joy, the first is you got to know for sure you have salvation. Now, John writes in the 13th verse, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Nothing's going to take it away from you. It's not based on the outside. And that's important to grasp. You are not saved because you are a good boy or a good girl or, or because you're a, a fine adult and you're upstanding and nothing... You haven't done anything wrong this week, and maybe just one or two last week, but you're really good, and your behavior's good. No, that's not where you get salvation. You get salvation for a man on a cross who dies for our sins. He came because we couldn't be good enough to do it ourselves. We're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And knowing that's important and knowing the basis of your salvation is not whether you're better than the next guy. It's whether you have Jesus. And you have him on your side. Now the second, and this one's vital, is you have to know you're a child of God. When you don't know you're a child of God, you go it alone. But family makes such a big difference. My daughter lives in Chicago. Most of you know that. If she called me today and said, Dad, I need you, I will be on a plane that, this afternoon or tomorrow at the latest. It's not that I have a great idea of running to Chicago on a plane, but that's my girl. 
And they're my grandkids. And her husband's a great guy, but if she says, Dad, I need you, I'm going. Why? She's family. She's part of the same family. When she was five, she got this habit of coming and sitting on my lap. When she wanted to talk, she'd come and sit on my lap. And when she's five, we talk about little stuff. She still does it. Only she's not five anymore. She's 42. But if she'll come and she sits down on my lap, she'll look at me and says, Dad, I got to talk. And I asked her, is this a listening or a fixing? Now, between five and 42, there has not been a time she says, I want you to fix this. She wants me to listen to her, to hear how she feels, and to say, I'm proud of you, baby. That's the way God feels about us. If you're struggling, you got a bunch of brothers and sisters here who want to help. They might not have the answers. They might not want you to fix it. They just might want you to listen. And by listening, we get closer together. By listening, we understand that we've got a father who will go to any extreme for us. Well, what kind of extreme are we talking about? He sent his only son so that we could have the privilege of being family. So that we would know that our salvation is because we're in the family. That our Jesus is our older brother. We are brothers and sisters of our older brother. And that makes us brothers and sisters of each other. If you need any help to live the life of of Christ, if you're in, in trouble and you need somebody to just come by and say, hey, I'm here for you. You've got a whole family to encourage you. We're not here to knock anybody down. We're here to, to put our arms around each other and let each other know that we love you as much as God loves you. You do this by repenting of your sins. Now what that means is we sort of live our own way if we just take choices and we don't always act like God wants us to. But we turn around and say, I'm going to try to live his way. You won't get it perfect. He doesn't ask you to. That's the reason Christ died. And then you're baptized, which means you're plunged underwater. They used to use it to describe ships that sank. We can do that this morning. If you've never done that and you want to, we can. But if you've done that and you want to be involved in family and togetherness, let us help you too. There's a way that we can help you get things right with God. Won't you come? Why together we stand and sing.
Thanks for joining us, whether it's here on the orange carpet or at home or six hours in the future, whatever. Uh, we're thankful that you're here worshiping the same God with us. The message of 1 John is uh, pretty simple. It's a reminder to second and third generation Christians. They weren't necessarily there to follow Jesus' footsteps. They weren't necessarily there to see him die on a cross, to be buried in a cave and raised again. They heard about it. And as faith is, sometimes it's like, is that enough? Are we sure of our salvation? It's as sure then as it is now. And that's the message. The gospel, is, the gospel of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is all we need for salvation today. Um, pick up a bulletin or grab one online. Uh, you probably can find one on Facebook. You can also find one in an email probably coming out in a couple days. Um, it's got everything you need to know, a schedule, it's got, there's a prayer list in there. They've, uh, Steve has started adding stars for the things that are new, so you can keep update on that the best that we can. Um, so things that didn't quite make the bulletin, um, Lloyd Dickerson will have shoulder replacement surgery on Tuesday. Uh, he's asked your prayers on that, so pray for Lloyd. Also, um, food pantry is tomorrow. If you're part of that crew, I know you probably already know what your job is and your time slot is. If you'd like to join, contact the shoemates. They can always, we can always use more help to pass out food for those who uh, need that help on Mondays. Um, other than that, Christmas for Mount Dora kids. It's in the bulletin. It looks cryptic because I tried to put a, a link in there and obviously can't click the bulletin. Uh, that link is also on Facebook. Camille's here today. She has a list of kids and some of their needs. If you'd like to catch Camille in the foyer, um, she's here to help you with that. Um, if you don't know the background of Dora, we've taken Santa. We've sent Santa along with presents. I'm going to tell you probably 30 years, okay? Um, Dave Smith used to do it. Uh, Dave retired, and uh, Brent does it. Shh, you, know, you know who Santa is. Um, I know I've been part of it for over 20 years, so been a long time the kids love it it's a great time for ourselves this year we're doing a little bit different we do it uh bible camp this year 
Uh, if you're interested in sending a gift to the kids, like I said, see Camille, contact her through the week, find that link on Facebook. We did it on Sign Up Genius rather than the foyer since not many of us, not a lot of us are here. Uh, that makes it simpler. Camille's also taking money if you just want to put her towards a gift or for party decorations and party favors, she'll take that money too. Um, that's about it. On Wednesday, 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 we will have a live uh, Bible class in here. Michael will be leading that. It will also be on Facebook Live and YouTube if you want to catch it at the comfort of your own home. Um, also a reminder about 3.30 uh, worship. We do have a 3.30 service. It's very small. It's more of a ministry than a worship service. We watch one of these videos. We sing. We have uh, Lord's Supper. It's mask required. Um, that's what's best for a lot of people. And uh, so we, that's how we do it. Um, as things change in our culture, if, you, if that suits your needs in the future, join us at 3.30. So we'll be here. Thanks again for joining us, and uh, stay safe, stay faithful. Some glad morning when this life is old. Would you guys please stand for the closing prayer, if you don't mind? Give, give good Lord the thanks. Uh, and I have some good news for you in this prayer. Can you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as I stand here in, in front of the church, Father, I know that I've fallen short. I know that I've done things that, that aren't approved of. I know that I'm not perfect by far, Father. Um, but like that new new hot rod or that new dress, Father. I know that in your eyes, I'm always that shiny thing. You sacrificed everything. You laid down your life for me and everybody here, Father, everybody on this earth. You uh, come to prepare a path for us and show us that path. So, Father, when, when you accept that in your heart and you uh, realize how lucky you are that, that you have uh, this force that's behind you, um, Jesus, that everything you've done and, and you can never do wrong and he, he already knows what you're going to do a minute from now, 10 years from now, but he still loves you.
And when you take that and you, and you have that force in your life and you realize that, uh, people around you will see that. They'll ask you why you're so energetic, how come you're always happy, what motivates you, and, and you know what motivates you. And um, as we go through this week, you know, let us not be scared to tell people what motivates us and tell them about Jesus, your son, and what he's done for us. And Father, um, let us dig down. I know things have been tough um, this year. Um, let's let these Mount Dora kids not see that, that things are any different. Let's um, scrape together the money, work an extra hour, tutor another kid, whatever it takes. Let's, let us have the strength to show these kids how important they are. And, and this tradition that we've been doing, let us not fall short of it. Let us maybe be one of the best years they've ever seen and we've ever had. Father, we'd like to ask you to be with us this week as we go, that we show the light that, that you allow us to show. And, um, and we ask you, to Father, to guide us and guard us and protect us of our sins. In Jesus' name, amen.